0: Welcome to your typical Shunna protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kels, and this week, we're taking a look at Id Invaded. First off,
1: Kai, how's your dome piece? My dome piece stays intact, and I feel like it's very much
0: connected to my cerebellum, so. Yeah, man, the 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 brain bone's connected to the skull bone. <laughs> skull bone's connected to the neck bone. uh, Absolutely, which is incredibly positive. But that doesn't mean that they can't find you either way. Um, this week we're talking about Id Invaded from 2020, which is very exciting. Um, a show coming uh, out of Studio Nas, N-A-Z, licensed by Funimation, about serial killers and findings.
1: Yes. And kind of like the mind of how they like work too. It's very, very interesting. Um it's so like a quick synopsis. Uh it follows our main character um I keep oh, uh you know lord I should have practiced pronouncing his name. <laughs> Nari Hisago. Yes. Last,
0: last name Nari Hisago.
1: Yes. Nari Hisago who um joins this organization uh, well, forcefully, because you find out for reasons. Uh, organization Cura that investigates crimes and the mysterious sense and drive which have people to kill. And just what goes through their mind and trying to figure out how to stop the crimes or figure out where these people are, or what they're doing, or kind of what is spurring them to kill. Um, by entering their minds of them where they're unconscious. The ID will, if you will. The ID will.
0: Yep, and and this idwell is created from like the will to kill particles left in the universe, and it's not necessarily exactly their unconscious, but it's like the, the unconscious impact that they leave in the environment. Um, and it is an interesting take. I would compare this with that idea about you know uh, a a personal a person's intent to kill, and that being somehow measurable along with the diving into the unconscious, I would compare this to, like, it's the psychopaths of Inception. Like, Inception, the, the Western film. Like, it's, it's the psychopath of Inception. The idea about uh, the subconscious can be measured and that has an impact on, like, you, the person, and, and locating your will to kill along with diving deep and deeper as we find out later into the subconscious and how that impacts not only the decision-making, the ability to find things, but also uh, the world around them is very interesting in how this works.
1: Yes, for sure, which is um very like much like psychopaths in terms of like, Like you said, uh, the sci-fi, like futuristic realm, but like the differentiation between this one, I would say this one differentiates because there's like a firm, like sense of right and wrong in this opposed to like in Psychopaths where
0: like it was more gray, like Yeah, it's less less a question about society and its impact with the, you know, citizens and more of a question about morality and uh, right and wrong in a specific lens of c- people who kill multiple people. And that being somehow wrong, but also like having those murderers still have some kind of humanity left in them that is relevant. Yeah. For sure.
1: Um, But that was a really um like big point of it was kind of like the So, I don't know when you want to get into, like, the big thing of our character. um, Let's talk about the production first, like, the production team and the people
0: behind this. All right, so this is coming out of, let's start with the studio. Uh, This is coming out of Studio Naz, or N-A-Z, however it's actually pronounced. Studio Naz. I don't think I've I've ever heard of anything from them.
1: Have, Have you... Ah uh, yes, a few things. Um uh so the one thing that I heard of which or watched which I'm kind of ashamed of, uh was my first girlfriend as a gal. I watched it. I'm not sure why I watched it to be honest with you. It was it wasn't super bad. <laughs> I mean it's pretty bad. It was super bad. Um and I watched that. And they, okay, they normally do trash. I'm not going to lie. I feel like the only good thing they've done is ID or It Invaded. And I know they recently did something called uh, Saibuki Bisco that came out this year that a lot of people seem to love. And uh yeah, but everything else I feel like I did not like and I didn't even bother to watch because the few things I did watch from them were kind of eh. Like It Invaded is a really big standout and it's surprising that it even came from studio nas if i'm going to be honest because like this was exceptionally good especially compared to all their other works and how their other works are kind of like perverted it's like one is like about a sister lover or a brother lover um like a girl who's in love with her biological brother so that type of vibe and the other one's like this guy who wants to fall in love with this gal or wants to have relations with this gal. And she turns out to, you know, not be the promiscuous type, but always acts like it and calls him Virgin Coon. So it's like kind of trash. Uh but this was definitely not that. It's very like psychological mystery, drama, thriller, um, very thought provoking and very like profound. So it was very out of the blue for Studio Nas.
0: Well, I think they're taking broad steps to venture out. You know, they definitely as they go, you know. My first girlfriend as a gal uh was their third production in twenty seventeen but they moved on like the thing that came immediately after was uh Engel record of Mongol invasion in twenty eighteen and then that led up to where we are now. This reminds me of like the kind of way that a studio tracks with the studio that made uh oh my god the the one we've just touched on with uh happy Sugar life. And smile down the runway, being the presumable end of their their animation run, whereas looking at studio nas like they've done all right, they've made smut, they've made trash, and they have hmm. still survived yeah to do to do things like it invaded uh you know and and moving on to other projects, which is kind of exciting, yeah, yeah,
1: that is very exciting, so I guess with that bone that we have given them um it's cool to see what else they could end up doing. So I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, but in terms of like other parts of the production the director, um, a. Aoki is um, the person who directed this and he did a stupendous job, as I'm not surprised because he also directed Fate Zero and Alt-Node Zero, which are two very good psychological shows as well. I mean, can you call Fate a psychological show?
0: I mean, I mean, sure, you gotta think about it. But he's also, like, one of the founding members of Troika.
1: Yes, which is wild. Of
0: the animation studio of Troika, who also put out, you know, what all have they done? Recreators, which makes sense why he's involved with that. Uh, yeah, just, just out here putting, like, it's folks like this that's like, okay, man, I, Aoki, is one of the inspirations for me to be like, all right, keep hustling. Keep hustling, keep hustling, and someday you too can form a business like Troika with your friends who make great work.
1: Yes. So, um, yeah, that's also kind of a vibe that they did that as well. Um, but he's really done, like, he did Planet Valkyries, which I've never watched. I kind of wanted to watch because I saw, like, a lot about it. But I never really watched it. But I know the things that he had, like, done proficiently um outside of uh it invaded um are really good. Like he did Garden of Sinners, which we gotta watch one day. Like maybe next October we put that on <laughs> spooky month. But like it's like the fate before fate is in the whole Natsu verse.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the girl on the cover of uh of the Garden of Sinners overlooking view. And I'm like, that's Rin Tosaka right there. And basically, yeah. So it's it's a whole vibe. Um, he also,
1: what else? He also did, uh, he directed episodes of, excuse me, Blood Plus. So, you know, we could see, (laughs) we can see that that ID Invaded. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) like the girl with just the knife in her heart sitting there every time, you know? Uh, so that was, that was interesting. Um, wow. I want to touch
0: on, he's done so much. What else has he done?
1: I was gonna say he did, please teacher that takes me back so far, <laughs> like two thousand two what did what did he do on that one uh he was the he directed a few episodes on it, so um he was the episode director and he did some storyboards. Its probably wasn't his early
0: career i would assume i would yeah, I would assume that, that at that time two thousand and two he's old he's he's got enough to like have some directing credits under his name, but like that's like the early part of his directing career, which is interesting. I'm I'm very excited. I have no idea what that show you called. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, it's called Please Teacher, but yeah. Um, but no, he did a lot of goat stuff too. He did, Police um, Please Teacher. It- <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did the second OP of Story Online, which was the best part of the second part of Story Online. Okay, it's just the OP, yeah. Um, like I said, he did On Node Zero, which was really good. He uh was a supervisor for Idolish. He did Recreators, which is severely underrated. We gotta do Recreators at one point on this podcast, for sure, for sure. Um and he was uh heavily involved in Idolish seven and Lord Elmioi's case files, which is
0: a fate story as well. So um of course involved in idolist 7 because he's involved with Studio Troika. Yeah, you know, that's what they do out there. They do the idolish ones. So, now I want to touch on the writer. So this of course uh it invaded being a, a, a light novel that in you know, eventually got a, a anime adaptation, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh this coming out of uh the works from Otaro uh Meiji uh Meijo, excuse me. Yeah. Um who is a Japanese novelist from Fukui Prefecture? I'm sure that matters to somebody, but you know, of course, working from yeah you know, the years of 2001 onward, uh, done a lot of things. I I appreciate the way that his uh, his works line up from this show to his previous works. Of course, working in the uh, kind of murder mystery, uh, crime fiction, thriller genre. Uh, one of his short stories is, of course, called "Drill Hole in the Brain" from 2008. <laughs> well, that is definitely one that I probably won't be reading. <laughs> I I think it really sets the scene for the story we follow with it invaded. <laughs> okay, did you like peep drill brain? What it was like about? Of course not. I've spent fifteen whole minutes on a wiki service. <laughs> <laughs> but i wish i had one i wish i could read japanese and two i wish i had invested more time to know about but with some of the characters we see in it invaded uh with you know of course i don't see any direct line between story he's he's um uh, stories that uh maijo has written um into this i think that he converted one of his stories into this anime which seems fun yeah no i can
1: see that um which was like very interesting, because uh, you could very much see how this was like written like a novel. Uh, how I feel like the show like felt that novel pace, like a really good adaptation. But I could definitely see this being a novel first and foremost, and that's not like a sly to the anime adaptation. That's just I feel like how well that novel was written that just transitioned so
0: well into an anime. I I I can't quite speak on this. But I'm willing to bet that this might have been a short story inspired original anime that uh, that our author wrote the anime, you know, uh, screenplay for uh, in full. OK, so take a concept and convert it into an anime, um, which is interesting. You know, less less of converting an established uh, story, established light novel with plot beats already laid out and taking more of a more of a theme and a vibe and an idea and fleshing that out in a visual media. This may be the way that this uh, story evolved. Yeah, I can see that. Perhaps we would have to do a little bit more sleuthing, wink, uh, to really get to the heart of it. But with with what I'm seeing, that might just be the way that this shook out. Because uh, there's a lot of collaboration Uh, With the production of this, with with uh, character designers uh, bringing the influence of the things, along with the animators and the director. Um, Now, I do I do appreciate the novel kind of uh, approach to the writing, where we have this kind of formula in the presentation. Right, so we have this whole world. There is this subsect of the police that is utilizing this. Uh, intellectual explorative method of taking someone, dropping them into someone's id, of course the id being a Freudian concept of the instinctual desires that makes up one part or one third of the human uh, psyche, and using that experience from our uh, detective to parse out relevant information from that individual, you know, specific locations, specific people, uh images, themes, connections to locate them in real life. This is kind of a, te- a detective tool. And I think this is incredibly interesting. Especially the way that they they, you know, they they set it up, okay, we're going to go dive into this person's mind, uh which is just their the the remnants of their will to kill and not directly into their brain, right? Um, but we're using this in the same kind of formula, All right? We're going to drop the person who has the aptitude to do this into this kind of, uh, scenario that the brain builds out, and they're going to solve the mystery. And we're going to have a team that examines what's going on inside to help figure out the root and the, the kind of real life things that are happening. Uh, it's a team effort, honestly, and that's an interesting play because every time you drop a, a you know a person into someone's id well, they forget who they are. All they know is they're this Sherlock's home type character. We have this recurring uh, girl who has been murdered, and it's their job to find to solve the mystery. How do you feel about the whole relation and and kind of reference to Sherlock's Holmes in? the idea of solving these mysteries. I liked it. Um,
1: I definitely saw that um, inspiration come from Sherlock Holmes. And I thought it was really fire the way they did it. Um, I personally, I feel like it's a good way because you got to know the thing about Sherlock Holmes was he just didn't, you know, he did more than the average because he questioned the why and kind of solved every part of the mystery and i felt like that's what was done with um our boy um nari
0: hisoge mm. close close yes. we're, we're making progress <laughs> not Na, nari hisago nari um or the brilliant detective sakaido sakaido yes um i i really
1: like I felt like it was a good parallel to Sherlock Holmes and I felt like, um, if someone, but also like Sherlock Holmes always seemed to be like witty and upbeat opposed to uh, this done with like a lot of depression, um, because of the events that happened. I'm trying not to talk around it without talking about the characters, but like, I felt like it was a really good compared to Sherlock Holmes. If that answered your question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate in the same way that they kind of reference, uh, the Freudian stuff they reference uh Sherlock Holmes in the concept even so far with our our uh female character who gets to be a uh it's called something very specific uh you know our our detective our brilliant detective excuse me um that gets to play the role of Sherlock Holmes they have the whole Sherlock Holmes double bill like hat on her i appreciate the references but i also appreciate that it's not so overt that it's like this is just Sherlock Holmes. Um they they pay homage to the idea and then make use of it in yeah. their own uh in their own plot and their own application. So, getting into do we want to get into the characters now and then and then get into how they capture the killers?
1: Um I feel like they go hand in hand, honestly. Um, I
0: think I think we should add those together. Let's do it.
1: Yes. Um so we got our main character Akihito um who has had a hell of a past. He is a former detective turned serial killer due to the um death of his daughter which was by another serial killer. Or sorry, not a, at the time he was a detective and his daughter was killed by the serial killer the challenger um after she was oh. tortured
0: Oh my god, man. This whole this whole idea. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh my so Alright, yeah. Detective has his daughter killed by a serial killer. And this serial killer's named the Challenger because he fights his victims to the death. Of yeah. course, this man's this man's built like a tank and he beat to death a 14-year-old girl. And it's just like Oh my god, every bone was broken in her body.
1: Uh yeah. It was horrible. Like it was horrible. Um, so and after his daughter was brutally murdered by this challenger, um, his wife spiraled into severe depression, which resulted in her killing herself out of grief. Um, and Akihito um tried desperately to, you know, save his wife and try and bring her from that but it didn't work so he's driven by like extreme agony and vengeance and anger so he goes and he shot the challenger out of vengeance after finding him because he was a detective uh, after he found out his own, uh, true identity um, so he killed her or he killed him and saved someone else
0: Man, <laughs> man rolls into the challenger's abode opens the door and then just shoots the motherfucker like no pause no no time to think just shoot whoever opens the door and it's the challenger he beats the SWAT team who was following in that then later finds the uh, the girl that's in this specially built arena because the challenger just brings people in and fights them in his own home because it's fun And he brings people in because he doesn't like to like. He needs to be hurt as well. It's not competition if he doesn't feel the pain of the fight. And it's like, oh god, that plays in. That plays in later. (laughs) And
1: it's so wild that you know. So after he kills the challenger and saves uh, Kiki Asakiki um it was kind of like a ploy set there by the um crew company to uh kind of get information on this killer. He's then, excuse me, arrested for being a murderer because you know and I felt like that was commentary on the judicial system. Like how did you feel about that? Like do you think that was
0: like I mean I, I don't, mean so so not he didn't get arrested only for the Challenger death, which we, we find out later. Yeah. He becomes this kind of serial killer in his own right. I see this in, in kind of the same way that uh, the Showtime series Dexter, right? <laughs> Dexter is a serial killer who kills killers. Yeah. So, so, so we have this whole vibe about he is morally... On the side of positive. Well, look. Uh, let's let's clearly define this. He is working for the sense of justice that we all feel, but morally, his actions are unacceptable. Right.
1: Yes, because he convinces you know? serial killers to kill themselves.
0: Yeah, and so by his actions, he is doing harm. He is his causing harm. Um, you know, for the greater positive, presumably of mankind, the less serial killers out there, the less people that are being murdered for no reason, uh, which I don't think there's a positive, any justification for murder, but I mean, you know, that's a conversation for not right now. Um, but he is the one who is causing this harm to another human. And the idea that causing harm to another human is morally objectable, um, is the hangup, right? So I think that that is a good, interesting conversation to have. And especially at the beginning of the series, we don't get the context for why he's in the position he's in. Because at the moment, we meet Nari Hisago as a prisoner. And for the entire time, we see him convince one serial killer to kill himself in prison. And then later on, we find out what else he has done in the same vein and it's all, you know, relatable, but that doesn't make it right. And I think that's the primary distinction. And and with that said, I think that it's less of a commentary on the judicial system because they are putting in the effort in this instance through the lens of a Japanese understanding. Yeah. Okay. What's your take on it? Um, my take on it is that,
1: you know, that even though we could say that he did the just thing by getting, like, revenge for his um, family, it's still never acceptable, like, to take that revenge stuff into your own hand. You have to kind of let it play out. Because I believe he didn't really start killing serial killers until
0: he was locked in prison, correct? Oh, no. We find out that later he goes off and, and it... Okay, I guess this is the one thing, right? Mm -hmm. So as we get towards the end of the series, we'll get into this a little more, but later on in the series, we see him going through the effort, uh, you know, after the events of him killing the challenger he is no longer necessarily on the police force, or maybe he is, but he's working his own beat or something. He is going through the effort on his own time and he's finding these murderer, these, these serial killers and he's convincing them to kill themselves in the same way that they have harmed other people. You're right, you're right. And that's the thing that causes him to get picked up. We don't see exactly this the the moment he gets picked up as a serial killer quote unquote. Um but his actions outside of the coverage of the police force are what caused him to be labeled as a serial killer. You're right, you're right. But it's one of those things even there, you know, This is the context we're being shown, but this is also in this dream world, Uh, so we don't know if that's necessarily the exact way it played out in real life. I'm I'm willing to bet that yes, it is, because we wind up in the same position in real world life and with the way that the dream world is playing out, but we are never shown in the real world. This is precisely exactly what happened to him. So we, we do have to draw in, you know, some lines from A to B to really build out the picture, which I think is fine.
1: Yeah. Um. So then we got, um moving on to the next character, we got uh, Koharu Hodonchimachi, who is the, she assists, I mean, maybe we should have gone to Mahasoka first since she's his assistant, but she was like the next, next. interesting character to me. Yeah. Um. After our main character, um, Akihito. So... Yeah. H- Hondamashi. Yeah, really interesting. So yeah, she um becomes like one of the star detectives because she's always... Like, she starts off as the assistant to uh Masito and then she starts undercover... Like, uh not undercovering. She starts basically picking up on things faster than he is. So she quickly becomes like a whole asset, which... Kind of, th- how'd you feel about that? For her, like, kind of zero to, like, hero, like, or almost, or, like, a second protagonist um,
0: throughout, like, the story. I think that was a really good B-plot. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about the whole vibe with her actions and the implications that that leaves, which are really not addressed, but... I, I thought she was a, a very interesting outside player that led into the same vibe. Um, so getting into it on the match, was a rookie on the first clay case. We're dealing with the perforator who uh, drills holes in people's heads, which is, you know, a, a very clear reference to, I sit here and say this and I can't remember his name. Um, the fuck, they made a recent Netflix series about him. Oh, t- uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer? Jeffrey Dahmer, yes. Not yeah. Ted Kaczynski. Uh, yeah, D- Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, very much the I'm gonna drill a hole in your head and fill it with something to make you a zombie vibe. Um, this whole perforator vibe was in the same vein of that. And of course, you know, they're, they're chasing after this guy and he gets away because he's very intelligent, very high IQ, and winds up kidnapping uh, Hondamashi. And he he's got her tied up in this this basement area and he's got a drill and he's like, what is this gun y'all have? That like picks up the particles of the willingness to kill. And she's like, I don't know. And this plays into a very interesting way for her like her to help people locate her. She takes and intentionally drills a hole into her own head because he hasn't done it yet. he's left the drill right where she can get to, and she just is like, "All right, you're not gonna do it. I'll do it." And she's ready to kill herself uh in in the goal of catching this guy, which is an interesting thing, all right appreciate the 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 demonstrating her commitment to the job and the goals of her principles, but other than a connection to the killer. We don't really have anything really play out about her drilling a hole into her frontal lobe. Yeah. You would assume that would have more impact, especially as it does in the other character that survives this, that turns out to be one of the other serial killers we chase down in this, you know, 12, 13 episodes. So I like the character. I think she's a great B-plot I feel like we could have done more with that whole idea about her psyche being manipulated from physical damage, from drilling a fucking hole in her head.
1: Yeah. And, like, the fact that she took pleasure in killing home dude, which, like, made her a person of interest. In yeah.
0: Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. The
0: The whole thing where her, her partner, um, do you remember his name? Oh, uh, yeah, his
1: name was... Uh, Excuse me, It was oh my god, it was Oh uh Matsuoka. Yeah, Matsuoka.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh you know, this kind of this hardened uh detective who's been on the force like fucking forever. Um He was Akihito's you know, former partner as well. Yeah. So Akihito's former partner, um, who's then leading Hondo Machi, you know, as a as a uh as a rookie. He, he sees her interaction, especially as they move on and they're chasing uh, the grave digger. And, and she sees him, or uh, her partner sees her do this whole thing and kill somebody else. And the look on her face tells him, a hardened veteran, that, okay, no, she is a serial killer in the making if nothing is done. So like early on in the show, he's like, "You don't want to be one of them. It's not worth the time and effort. Just keep it moving let's do some let's do some real work." And after the whole drill being drilled in her head, and after her killing somebody, he's like, "Yo, uh boss man, uh Momoki, yeah, boss man, Mowoke, you gotta take her in, uh not necessarily Momoki, the uh the chief uh." Chief man, you got to take her and, and use her as a uh, brilliant detective. You've got to let her dive into the psyche of killers. Because there are parameters set on this. right? Not a, so to be a successful uh, brilliant detective and finding out the things within the, the killer psyche, you have to, one, have an aptitude for it, and you have to, two, have killed somebody before and he's like i see the aptitude and that aptitude aptitude is not a positive thing and i'm just telling you to go into a different line of profession to protect me and to protect my crew this has nothing to do with your success and walks off very cold like but you know what it works out presumably
1: yeah presumably um because she becomes a uh, Mizohana or Mizome, which is the people who can go inside the ids and uh do all that detective work and become like they call them pilots as well, which is weird. But I mean I guess it makes sense. Um, oh my god.
0: Is it invaded a mech anime? It is. I was waiting for you to get there. It is a mech anime. <laughs> how many how many shows can we make mech animes? Probably all of them outside of fairy tale. In most hardcore
1: shows, <laughs> nope. I mean, nope. no, Naruto is a mech anime because Sasuke do be in that Susanoo.
0: Fairy tale is a mech anime, they marched that uh phantom killer base right oh, up yeah. to fairy tale. They did, boom, there you go. They did. That is a thing that happened. We
1: gotta get right to fairy tales, been so long, uh, um, it's,
0: it's on the schedule, it's <laughs> on the schedule, but yeah. um... Uh so
1: she's she was like the next most interesting character to me outside of Ahito. Um and then of course you had like the different killers which were so perplexing. because um, you had the um you had Koji who was not Koji, you had what was his name? The drill dude with the blue hair who had the hole in his head. You had the
0: you had the perforator. Yeah, the that's what that was it was, uh, was uh, Fak- uh, Fukuda? Yeah, who had arithmomania? Arithmomania. Sure, we're gonna go with that. He had an obsession with numbers, so yeah. he drilled a hole in his head to help get those numbers out. That was
1: yeah, still still wild. Um, and then you had the pyrotechnician who was like obsessed with like carnage and. Just well he found beauty in like Carnage. He was like a datara type character who was like, Oh yes, um, the beauty <laughs> of this. Um and I don't know, they said he had like a surgery, but it was just me. I don't know, he didn't really look that different um post and pre surgery.
0: I, I don't know if we got enough time seeing him pre surgery yeah. to really tell the difference. But, you know, the whole thing was he was smart, and he was like, "My whole thing is i had I have seen death and hell, and I wanted to continue to see more of it, yeah, even even in um Peaceful you know, times, not hellscapes, yeah, yeah. <sighs> which was a crack of shit, especially as he gets suckered into killing himself. and by suckered, I mean like um our main character, Hari Hisago convinces him that one he's seen within his brain he knows the bullshit that he's spouting and two that he doesn't actually believe any of it and he should just i don't know if his life is so meaningless and he's so stuck to his ideals he should end himself do what he does
1: yeah um in and, and not to say i had a favorite serial killer because that sounds very messed up it is <laughs> um but the one that was the most interesting to me was like the grave digger because it was like a two-parter yeah. And um, Naoshimi, I did not see her, you know, coming as the gravedigger. I was like, wow. Um,
0: yeah, that was such a sad relationship between uh, Naoshi and the other guy. Um, it was just so sad because, like, y'all could have fucked and it would have been okay. You didn't have to kill seven people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we are, you know, y'all didn't fuck. He's out here confusing love for, uh, love for killing. So he's kissing on the other girl who has a hole in her head. That's a detective, uh, Machi. And, you know, I, it's just so tragic. It's unfortunate that they murder people. It's really fucked up. I appreciate, like, I thought that the whole, uh, the whole, mystery was very interesting yeah because we get some plot twists we get some very interesting uh, changes between a bunch of characters because this is that same plot where uh, one a bunch of people get blown up in a, uh, in a soy sauce factory when it turns out that the kegs hold gasoline uh, after a, a copycat killer and then we get the final conclusion where it's a showdown but for her, for her to come back, for uh, Ainami to come back in the whole like final battle scene was super interesting. Yeah, like wasn't she still comatose at that point? Or well, because she was in the in the prison, she fell alongside everyone else in the building to the powers of uh, of Kiki Asukai. Um, but she didn't die to it she grabbed the guard's pistol shot him and escaped into the the grand id that was uh john walker
1: yeah um that whole john walker thing speaking of which oh. was that was interesting um <sighs> that being a whole ass um do you want to go to john walker now or do you want to do
0: yeah let's uh let's touch on john walker Yes. All right. So so John Walker being the main antagonist of the series. He is seen in all of the serial killers in Wells and there's no way to figure out who he is because his face is obscured and he always like murders whoever's inside. And he he's got this top hat, he's got this coat, he's got this cane. He's very identifiable, but you can't see his face. So there's this big mystery. Uh, he's been making all of these serial killers. Of course, John Walker being a reference to uh, the whiskey brand, Johnny Walker, uh, because the logo for Johnny Walker looks exactly like the main villain, uh, which is interesting, you know? it it You know, this fits exactly the, the Sherlock Holmes vibes for me, right? Yeah. Here is this real-world connection, you know is just going to be a thing you kind of see it throughout the show and of course whiskey especially scotch is aged so it's like a it's like an exterior uh, reference or or clue to the fact that the old dude in the anime is the like the main antagonist yes
1: which I did not see coming I'm not even going to lie like I was like oh wow they Captain or like the head of Kuru is the person doing all the dirty work. But you know, it's kind of cool as well to see. I mean, it's not cool at all, but you know what I mean. It's kind of interesting to see. <sighs> like it gives me that vibe of like, if you ever watched um Captain America Winter Soldiers, like the enemy is within. Like, you know, it's the head of the head of the whole corporation is the bad guy. Like they're hiding in plain sight, which is always really cool to me. Like mm. seeing that type of stuff.
0: And, you know, we get a little bit of a hint here and there. I think it was fairly obvious personally. I feel like it was fairly obvious uh, as we go on. And the kind of red herring that we throw in for like 37 seconds was the fact that like our main investigator on the streets, uh, Matsuoka, was like, check his check where he's been. And he's like, he hasn't been anywhere. Like, okay, it's not him. Um, it was like, okay, good detective work, but like, I don't know if anybody suspected him and if it was him, I'd be kind of disappointed. Yeah. But no, to have John Walker be like the main man, it felt personally, it felt good. It felt rounded out for a story, especially with all the mysteries around the way that this device worked, which is something we don't get much answer to. We have this whole creator character. Um. Uh let me see if I can find his name. We have this whole creator character, uh Nishio uh Sarakoma, who was the, the man who created the device, the uh oh god, here we go. Um he created the organization and the Mizuhanome system that allows people to dive into the idwells and whatnot. But we don't get any like real information with him. We find out one that he exists, two, that he's dead and buried in, in uh in our leader's kind of uh garden, uh Momoki's garden. And and three, that he was part and engaged with uh John Walker in kidnapping and using uh Kairu. Yeah.
1: Like as which is Again, interesting. Um like I like, like I want
0: more information on it, man.
1: Yeah. But, uh, continue, continue. And um and like as I read as I like reinstate it, you're like, oh, how did you not know that was like Kairu? Because the way that the story is told is very interesting because it kinda just gives you the overview and the chronological of events happen like dispersely. So again, it makes that really good psychological thriller because you're not getting everything up front you're kind of just getting the world building and you're kind of filling in as things go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is really that, that kind of storytelling technique is what makes the whole show interesting. For sure. Do you have any, do you have any other major characters you want to touch on?
1: I know. I think it's about all of them. You know, we talked about Kiku. We talked about, um, the different killers. Um, I forgot the redhead
0: chick. I don't know if she did anything prevalent. Um, uh, she was relevant, but just kind of as a teen player. Yeah. The one character I want to touch on, uh, as we round it out, is uh, Kairu. So so Kairu is this girl that when any time we go into an idwell, we find our a brilliant detective locates this girl, and their whole goal is to solve the mystery of her murder. And I think that this is really interesting, the way that this is the the kind of connected point to getting the, the brilliant detective to solve, uh, the information. Cause the, the information of her death may or may not be relevant to, uh, the story. Cause sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's beneficial. Um, but like Kairu is a, like an actual person. It turns out, uh, being Kiki, Asukai. uh, and that is interesting, and it's one of those things where, okay, well, you know uh, Kiki's whole thing is she every time she goes to sleep, she's being harassed by serial killers who come in the night and and murder her and and of course, she has these psycho kinetic abilities, and it's a whole thing, and so for her to be this character, it's almost as if the connection is every time we dive and she is murdered, that is actually happening to her in her dreams. Yes. Like, we're making use of the fact that serial killers come to her and we're utilizing it to chase them down. But it's still killing her every single time. And that was crazy for me.
1: No, That was wild. Like, seeing that whole revealed, I was like, okay, you know, so... It kind of just was like, everything's crooked, <laughs> you know, because you had, like, the head and the doctor doing all this. And you're like, okay, psychic powers exist. That was kind of not really explained anywhere. But, you
0: know, okay, I'll take it. Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that one. Just suddenly psychic abilities exist and they're relevant. Um, yeah, that was a stretch. Yeah. And especially with, with everything else being, like, all right, these are, you know, we have a mystery tool that, you know, don't ask too much about because we're not going to explain it to you. But this is how it works. And and we're diving into the subconscious. And then suddenly, real, uh, real supernatural shit. It's like, oh, okay, how, how does that work? Like, at least you have technology to kind of bullshit me with the rest of it. But okay, now this character's literally just psychic. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah.
1: Um, I definitely feel like the, I could see the stretches and I felt like, um, I could see, it was good. It wasn't like, um, some shows where it's like overly complicated to make you think it's good. Yeah, I think it was really just good. Um, with the right amount of complication to keep you interested, um, I definitely feel like the show had a lot of, like, inspirations from shows you said, like Inception, Psychopaths, Hell, maybe even, like, um, like, Moriarty and the Patriot, well, no, I think Moriarty and the Patriot came out after it, but I could definitely see, like, Death Parade involved in it as well, um, to, like, a certain extent, and kind of even Boogie Pop, to be honest, uh, so I know we talked about that last week, so, uh, I definitely think that this show has a lot of interesting world building in the um, ID Wells and or the ID Wells and like the concept of the brain and kind of just how like they go in and they're all like broken up and have like caps in their body missing and all that. It's like very cool, like futuristic, cyberspacey kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, with that that initial introduction to what was going on, it was like, okay, we know nothing about this world, we know nothing about these characters. We're just going to get dropped in and introduced to, oh man, this man has half an arm and he's broken up. How does that work? And then we find out later, it's like a brain thing. And then that's not actually him. Yeah. I, I appreciate the way that the mystery unfolds, even from the very beginning.
1: No, a hundred percent. So, um, anything else really stick out to you about this series? Uh,
0: <sighs> nothing really offhand. I, I appreciate this show for what it is. I think it's an interesting commentary on uh, kind of serial killers and the different types and motivations that exist. And especially the, the grave digger, the grave digger was an interesting one because it's relevant to, uh, like a different culture of, of observation, you know, like, the way that they live stream the murder is relevant in a different, like, volume of application to a Japanese audience than may, mayhaps, like an American audience, just with the volume of uh, technology use and the, the concept of kind of being a bystander to it. Um, I thought that was really interesting, but I think the the execution of the show. Was really good, even even when we get into the kind of oh, yeah, now we're we're touching on supernatural stuff. Um, I appreciate the way that they handled. It, but but even then, it was like, OK, we've we've done everything that makes kind of logical human sense so far. We're going to go. Off the rails now, and it's it's for you to accept. And it was like, OK, well, I, I do accept it. Thank you. But like it was kind of a, a touch out there. I agree, but it 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 fit in the world, right? It fit in the way that the whole process worked, and the fact that the the old man was this, using this person to help achieve his goals, and this, that, and the other. It, it it fit, but it was like a fit on the outside of of the way that everything else made sense so far.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, I really, I overall enjoyed the series. I thought it was very interesting how. Um we got to see the perspectives of some serial killers and like how kind of like the fall into serial killing was somewhat I won't say easy, but like the process of which you can go from one side to the other. And I really liked um uh, when we saw when uh Sadiko slash um uh main dude whose name I I, I he, he Oh my God! Akito realized that you know what was the point of this senseless death and everything, and then also us figuring out like the whole John Walker thing. Um, I really liked how all those things was done. The voice acting was stupendous. I feel like that was really good. But um, I really liked. I really liked it. Um, I was kind yeah, of man. freaked out by the drilling them holes into people's heads. I was like, wow, <laughs> we just really doing this. It's just that easy. That was probably the most grotesque way. They killed someone. Um, the live stream burial was also wild because I'm like, you can't just trace this back and find the person. But, you know, no, because
0: they th- the, the writers thought about that. They ran it through multiple servers on other foreign territory. Yeah. Hard to chase down. I feel like there's always some trace back. It might take a little longer. But yeah, So, I mean, but also a little longer cost lives. But but yeah. no, I feel you. I feel you. You know, um, uh Yeah very interesting i'm glad this exists it was it was storytelling done very well and i i have an opinion about the idea that uh you know more content does exist but it's like an ONA about chibi stuff and like i want i want more can like canonical content and to find out that more content is just chibi stuff that may not have a canonical impact it's kind of disappointing, but that's coming from a context of, like, that's not the vibe that I'm used to. And yeah. had, had I watched the TV stuff, like, maybe at the end of an episode or something, that I might appreciate it more. But, like, I want more canonical storytelling. Give me, like, let me continue to follow a plot. But that's just me.
1: I feel that. I feel that. Um, We might get more, maybe, later. I don't know. Um, That's completely just me throwing it out there. I have no idea
0: whether we'll get more or not, but it'd be cool if we did. It would be, but that's a problem for another episode here on your typical Shonen Protagonist. Catch us on all your podcatchers. Talk to Spotify, iTunes, Amazon podcast at your typical Shona Protagonist or on Twitter at your TSP. That's U R T S P. Guy, okay, you have stuff too?
1: Uh, yes, you can find me at static dreads with a Z because i'm cool come over on twitter and check it out before elon uh makes me pay
0: overlord daddy prices please never say overlord daddy prices again i mean no promise of course catch the other product at content breaker all your bot catchers and youtube as well at content breaker we'll catch y'all next week for more your typical shonen protagonist